You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. We are continuing our team series previews ahead of the 2021 season, but just as we were about to record this episode, we got some breaking news. Mark, mm. break it down for us. We found out a starting quarterback, Kate, and it's going to be Jameis Winston with the Saints. Now, that's not all that surprising to us. We kind of figured that was going to be the case. But now that it's official, let's talk about it. How excited are you about Jameis Winston, not only for redraft this year, but also for dynasty purposes? He's only 27 years old. This is a a, a huge, huge, huge opportunity for Jameis Winston. If things didn't go well this season, that was it. That was going to be... Yes. the end of his career, but this could be the the second birth of mm-hmm. Jameis Winston. Um, as y'all know, he got that LASIK eye surgery, so he's seeing 2020 all over the field, <laughs> and he's played like it in the preseason. Yeah. Out of all quarterbacks that have played in this preseason, obviously it's been plenty of backups, but there is uh, there's only two quarterbacks that have had a higher passing grading per PFF in this piece per- <laughs> in the preseason, in the preseason, in the preseason, the P- right? The preseason. Uh, Jameis Winston. That's the right name for it, by the way. <laughs> I actually, I like that. The preseason. Like, I mean, you could go, yeah, you yeah. could go a few different ways there. There you go. <laughs> but uh, there are only two quarterbacks who have had a higher passer rating. That's C.J. Beathard. All right, all right. Yeah, uh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Mac Jones, who's played very well, and Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has a higher passing grade than Tom Brady. Yes, I know Tom Brady had two pass attempts. Leave me alone. Yep. But Jameis Winston has played lights out. We saw in week two. That is where he earned that job. He looked very confident on the field against Jacksonville. Marquez Callaway helped his cause tremendously Mm. with two fantastic touchdown catches. But, I mean, Jameis Winston, if he is – uh, the starting quarterback season long. I don't think there's any value uh, that anybody got in any of these leagues, um, you know, especially two quarterback super flex leagues. There's been no better value throughout this off season while those question marks remained. Absolutely. Right. He's firmly in the quarterback two discussion. I think we can each actually have a case about him being a low end QB one, but for me, Kate, it's just, now I'm excited about everybody else. Not to say that I wasn't excited, but I think we've had concerns this offseason about, like, Alvin Kamara. If Taysom Hill is the quarterback, how many targets does Alvin Kamara get? I don't think that's going to be the question. Uh, Marcus Calloway. Like, if Taysom Hill was the starting quarterback, he's probably somebody that we're not really considering at all. Now that Jameis is the quarterback, it's it's time to get excited. I saw his uh, ADP and underdog has risen 40 spots in the last week. Uh, he's he's being picked at like 110 right now. Um, it's fun for a dynasty perspective because he's wide receiver 80. Um, so I just I'm way more excited about this team. I think this is going to be a team that's actually maybe pretty decent. I think they're going to put up a lot of fantasy points. I'm excited, Kate. I guess that's just my biggest takeaway. I, I'm very excited. If we're going back, and I feel like people forget just how good Jameis Winston was for yes. fantasy football. Let's go back to the 2019 season. He was a quarterback one in 50% of his starts, averaged 23 points per game, was a quarterback two in 45%. But here's the the kicker, all right? His bust rate in 2019 
in his 30 for 30 mm. season, 6%. So That's that one game? It's one game. It's one game. one game out of an entire season played. Right. That is incredible. He offers such upside in that season, had three performances of 30 or more fantasy points. You got to love that upside. And we're talking about a Sean Payton offense that's uh, historically, you know, we don't know what it's going to look like without Drew Brees and his, Mm -hmm. uh, what he brings to the game. But I mean, you got to be so pumped because this guy's going to be slinging it a lot. All right. So we we can keep talking about Jameis, but uh, listen, I love Marcus Callaway. So I want your thoughts on Callaway. Uh, I'll give my little spiel before, before I, I, I let you just dive in. I think Callaway was a pretty decent prospect coming out of Tennessee. Like this is an SEC receiver uh, who averaged over 20 yards per catch one season in college. Uh, he's also not an awful athlete. Like the speed is not great. He's a four five five, but like the burst in the explosion is really really good. His college dominator was in the sec- 62nd percentile. The breakout age was phenomenal. He averaged 19 yards per catch coming out of Tennessee. So like there's some things here to really really like. How excited are you about Callaway now that Winston is the starting quarterback? I'm very excited. Clearly, these guys have a rapport. I mean, the two touchdowns, guys, if you haven't checked out the footage from these two touchdowns in the week two of the preseason, two long bombs. He caught a 43-yard touchdown, 29-yard touchdown. And guess what? They were big plays in traffic. These were not wide open wide open catches like right, it, right. he made that play himself and it was it, it was just fantastic all around my concern with Marquez Callaway and we did see some fantastic play in the preseason if you were playing mm-hmm. preseason DFS literally would have been the wide receiver one through the preseason yep, yep, so far yep. eight catches 165 yards two touchdowns he's been fantastic um that has considerably considerably raised the hype on Marquez Callaway. But I do want to just take one moment and I want to like just temper expectations for a brief brief second. So (laughs) I I was blessed enough to join Liz Loza on the Yahoo Fantasy Sports podcast. And we were talking about players who have a, a chance to get maybe a slower start than we're wanting to see. I do think with all of the hype uh, that we're seeing with Marquez Callaway right now and then the knowledge that he should be able to see considerable volume and they're going to be airing it out. I do worry that we are going to maybe overlook uh, the starting schedule because the Saints don't have the easiest schedule. Um, graded one of the most difficult strengths of schedules for all wide receiver cores in the NFL through the first four weeks. Green Bay, Carolina, New England, New York Giants – None of those sound super scary, but all of them were kind of sneaky good against uh, against the pass, against wide receivers last season for fantasy football. So though I do think that Marquez Callaway is probably one of the best values in terms of um, you know volume in the season to come, and he's going to be a great depth piece. I mean, that's the beauty of Marquez Callaway, though, is that you can wait. You don't need to start him. You're not paying up for a starting wide receiver. Uh, you are paying for a depth piece. I do think he's going to get off to a better start down the stretch, but I wouldn't be surprised if, as we see him acclimate to this wide receiver one role, if we saw some hiccups. Let's remember, we had reservations about Juju Smith-Schuster, who was literally a wide receiver one 
how is he going to adjust to being the focal point of defensive coverage? Um, I think we have to ask the same question of Marquez Callaway. I'm just tempering expectations a little bit because I know the hype is so high right now. He's not going to be in my starting lineups. Uh, even if you grabbed him, you know, at a discount in your dynasty leagues, I'm going to wait to see how things progress in the the first couple of weeks of the season before rolling him out with confidence. But all of all of these assets within that offense, this is a win for them. So you guys can follow Kate on Twitter at Wet Blanket because she hates Marcus <laughs> Calloway. Oh my gosh, Kate, that's it's all right. actually that's at FF Wet Blanket. There you go. At and there. You- <laughs> it's a very good Twitter handle for somebody to steal out there. Uh, I like Marcus Calloway more than you. I'm drafting him with confidence this year, like in redraft leagues as a wide receiver three. I think he's going to be just fine. So. Uh, I guess that'll be something we'll have to revisit later on in the season. But uh, let's get into our team previews, Kate. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bill Bar. You guys know Bill Bar. It's the absolute best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Kate, let's talk about the Los Angeles Rams, who made a big move this week trading for Sony Michelle. I, I guess it's relative if you think it's a big move. But um, <laughs> Darrell Henderson is the starting running back. Sean McVay on Thursday said Darrell Henderson is going to have a big role. Yet they trade away two late-round picks for Sony Michelle, who is on the last year of his rookie contract. Um, Kate, what are your thoughts on just this running back situation going forward? It doesn't change. Uh, Sony Michelle does not move the needle for me at all. I tweeted this out because I thought it was so funny. Sony Michelle is a running back that we had all left for dead, literally left for dead. He is on the waivers in 19% of sleeper leagues right now, which for a running back, for a former first round running back yeah. who, yeah. uh, we are all clearly at, at by say when I say we, I mean um, the community at large is apparently threatened by. If we think he's that big of a threat, he should be rostered uh, in a ninety-five percent of leagues at least. But he's not. Eighty-one um, percent roster rate ahead of this news. I don't think that changes anything for me. The the needle does not move for Daryl Henderson. We already got the vote of confidence. I think this is a depth move, and move, they yeah. very very much needed depth. Uh, I, I mean, going into this season with uh, question marks, like I, I know we've heard plenty of excitement and hype about Xavier Jones mm-hmm. and Jake Funk. You need more depth than that. And I think this is a move that they are making to uh, maybe secure just some safer touches in the backfield. But we've already got that vote of confidence from Sean McVay. This is Daryl Henderson's job. So for me, there's three things to be concerned about, right? Number one, Sony has had a lot of injuries in his career, right? Like, and that knee is a problem. Number two, he has just 26 career receptions. So he's not going to be a guy that comes in because Darrell Henderson can't play in the passing game, right? Like, it's pretty clear that Henderson's going to be the full-time guy. And Sony Michelle is just going to eat into a few carries here and there. And number three, he's wearing number 14. And that's just an awful number for a running back. <laughs> so uh, I'm all the way out on Sony Michelle. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any... Any concern here, but if your league mates are tilting because of this news, 
in terms of Daryl Henderson, what value he might have. I'm taking full gosh darn advantage. If Daryl Henderson is on the field, I do believe he is a uh, borderline RB1, RB2 on a weekly basis. All right, I want to talk about Matt Stafford because I'm very, very high on Stafford this year. I have multiple MVP tickets at Bet Online for Stafford. Um, I think he's going to just have a huge, huge season. He is currently quarterback 18. Um, okay, I was actually listening to uh, Peter Schrager from the NFL Network. He was on a podcast with Bill Simmons the other day talking about this Rams team. And he just kind of made a comment. He's very close with Sean McVay. They did this podcast this offseason together. And he said that the goal is to throw like 50 or 60 times this year with Matt Stafford per game. Like that, that they're not going to run the ball all that often. They want to have Stafford in the gun just slinging it. It made me thinking, are we way too low on Stafford? Like, is there a better chance he finishes as a top five quarterback this year than outside of the top five? I, I, I'm curious as to your thoughts. Stafford's a guy that I, I really have had trouble uh, gauging this season. We saw a fantastic season uh, statistically from Matthew Stafford. I know last last year felt disappointing for Matthew Stafford, but um, actually played pretty well. Uh, 7.7 yards per attempt, um, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's a little bit low on the touchdown mark, but look what he was playing with. I think we, we underrate his 2020 NFL season, but um, I mean, you can't discount the massive, massive upgrade at weapons and right. at coaching. It, it, Altogether, you have to be very, very excited for the opportunities that he's going to have. And you know what? We've heard time and time again throughout training training camp, uh, we have heard plenty of times like he is just chucking the ball, chucking yeah. the ball, chucking the ball. Um, and he's he's looking good while doing it. I think we should probably be a lot higher on Matthew Stafford. We The issue for me is that I mean, we're looking at uh, a relatively older quarterback. He's been in the league since 2009. And though he ends up being a perennial um, a, a perennial value in every fantasy year. football every, every year. single year, yep. we haven't seen that top five ceiling with him. And it's not like he's never played with a talented receiving court. This is obviously, I think, the best situation he's ever been in. But we've never seen that ceiling. So uh, for me... When I'm considering uh, what kind of season this could be, uh, let's go back to what Matt Ryan accomplished, where he just absolutely came out, balled out uh, in his MVP season, 2016. Mm -hmm. That was that was an anomaly season for him career-wise. Uh, not to say that, again, he's not uh, ever considered a value for fantasy right, football, right. but he hasn't repeated it. Um, that was that was the one and only season of its kind. Um, and I do worry that that it, it, it's just we haven't seen the ceiling yet. So I'm cautiously optimistic at FF wet blanket. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you a, a season comp that I think is very, very realistic for Stafford. Right. Ben Roethlisberger in 2014. He was 33 years old. Um, he had. This is, you know, peak Antonio Brown. They had a lot of weapons on this team. He threw the ball 608 times, had nearly 5,000 passing yards and 32 touchdowns. I think that type of season for Stafford is very, very realistic, right? Where he's just throwing the ball at such a high clip and he's averaging, you know, eight yards an attempt 
and he's got playmakers all over the place. I agree. Like Calvin Johnson is the best receiver he's ever thrown to, but this is the deepest receiving depth chart he's ever had, right? With Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Deshaun Jackson and Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell. Like they just got guys all over the place. I love I'm, that I'm, you threw Tutu Atwell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a, a, strong, a strong breeze could knock him over, but that's okay. I'm still going to put him in. Um, ben Roethlisberger about, was the quarterback five in that 2014 season, see, by that's the way. what I'm saying. Like, he could do something very similar to that. Like, that's not all that unreasonable. That, that's I don't think it's unreasonable, favorite. but I don't think he has QB1 potential. Okay, and that's fine. It is because uh, of the, the right? QB1 potential. Yeah. Uh, it, he obviously has QB1 potential. It's, it's it's because of the rushing. He's just not going to give you any value there. So he's going to have to be a high value, a high, high volume passer. Um, I want to quickly talk about the receivers. I, I don't find that they're all that interesting. Like, I feel like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are both adequately priced right now. You're looking at Cooper Cup as wide receiver 27, Robert Woods at wide receiver 31. And then I'm just not sure that any of the other three guys matter. Uh, any thoughts on the receiving core before we move on? I do think that for Dynasty, um, we're we're looking at Cooper Cup as uh, a pretty decent value right now. Uh, We do have to consider the fact, you know, he's only four seasons in, but um, we've seen him be a very productive uh, wide receiver. In each of the last four seasons, he has had three to five top 12 weeks. So though he was disappointing last year for fantasy football, he wasn't a Uh, top five wide receiver as he was in 2019. He still had three uh, top 12 performances in comparison to the five top 12 performances he had as the wide receiver one. Um, He's, he's been a very steady PPR asset. He does have upside. And I think that um, if you are willing to draft him here with the presumption that Jared Goff was still the quarterback I, like I, I just don't feel like he's gotten a uh, significant enough bump in ADP and in long-term value because clearly that is what the the Rams are doing here. They have made the investment in Matthew Stafford. They want him to be the future. We're not giving Cooper Cup enough of a bump in Dynasty considering the quarterback he's tied to. Right, right. I I completely agree with you. Uh, any thoughts on Tyler Higby? I mean, I think. We were burned a little bit last year. He's the uh, perfect post-type sleeper. Yeah, he is. Gerald Everett's gone. Uh, pretty pretty cheap right now. Tight end 18. I think that's a, a good buy. Um, all right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. All you have to do is use the promo code locked on bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, Kate, we have to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, who finally, (laughs) finally announced their quarterback, uh, starting quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Took me Uh, by surprise. Yeah. I I don't want to spend too much time on Lawrence because most people have him ranked as a top 10 dynasty quarterback. He's probably going to struggle a little bit this year, but we know the potential. I want to talk about the running backs and what you do with them now because – Man, this is this is frustrating because I love Travis Etienne. I thought he was a really good prospect coming out. 
Now he, he's done first rookie season before he even takes a snap. James Robinson was good last year, but is he a part-time thing? How concerned should we be about Travis Etienne going forward? Give me your thoughts. Um, you know, I, I do think we have to worry a little bit about Travis Etienne here. He was being drafted ahead of this injury as the running back 17 in Dynasty Startups. You got to worry. And uh, here, I, I want to know about this. I know we said we didn't want to talk about Trevor Lawrence, but I'm worried about Etienne. This is a Liz Frank injury, which they linger. They're problematic. They do. Yeah. They're uh, terrible for running backs. They're terrible for running backs. So, um, not only do we not have him for this season, but there's a chance that we could see his production decrease in the season to come. So there's a, a good chance that we don't see Travis Etienne return full value for a decent chunk of time. Yeah. I, I There's plenty of questions about what this does for James Robinson, et cetera. But my first question that I want to pose to you is, does this affect Trevor Lawrence is ceiling at all. I know it's really silly because he's a running back and um but as as one of I you know, I projected him to be one of his top receiving options this season. Mm-hmm. Does that lower the ceiling for uh Trevor Lawrence or lower your expectations for him in year 1 if he doesn't have former teammate and uh, one of the best receiving options in the running back core in the NFL? What mm-hmm. does that do for him? I don't think it lowers it at all. I think, in fact, I think it might raise it a little bit. I think, I think this is a team. Urban wanted to run the ball a lot, right? I think he wanted to use these two guys and get them, let's say, thirty combined touches a game. I think now they're just going to have to put more on Trevor Lawrence, and it's going to be more throwing the ball down the field, throwing you know slants what and bubble screams. Wow, that's um, it's a really good question, Kate, because <laughs> I, I want to transition to the guy that I think actually benefits the most from the Travis Etienne injury, and that's Lavisca Chanel. I thought he looked really, really good in the preseason, like what we saw at Colorado. Like they were actually throwing the the ball down the field uh, on slants, on bubble screens. Like it would not shock me at all. This is somebody who catches 75, 80 passes this year and is over a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. I I just think he's a really, really talented player. And I think he's going to be the best receiver on this team pretty early on in the season. I'm just all in on LaVisca Chanel. LaVisca Chanel. Um, there are there are plenty of reasons to be hyped. I love the versatility. I love all of those things. But again, FF wet blanket. I just I keep going back to my questions about this offense as a whole. But uh, the potential for air yards for mm-hmm. Lavisca Chanel, uh, coupled with the fact that Etienne, you know, was probably going to limit some of those. Uh, ways that he was going to be used, maybe like rushes around the goal line and things like that. Uh, I think I'm going to project some more of those to go back to LaVisca Chenault. So very, very interesting prospect. And um, somebody that I I think generally the community has been pretty high on, but Mm -hmm. we haven't, uh, similar to, to Cooper Cup, I feel like we didn't really see as significant a bump um, you know, when, when we saw that they did officially take Trevor Lawrence, I thought we were going to see a bigger bump in ADP there for LaVisca Chenault than we did. Can I also say in the preseason, he played 33 snaps, 23 of those came in the slot. I really, really like that. Like Chenault as a slot receiver where Lawrence is just getting rid of the ball quick, getting him the ball in space and allowing him to work. 
that's what that got me really excited. Again, he's six foot two, 220 pounds, and is like a supreme athlete. I just, I, I think he's the guy to, to buy right now. Um, are, are you interested in any of the other receivers on this team? Marvin Jones, DJ Chark, Laquan Treadwell. I do think that Marvin Jones is one of the best values. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. looking for depth in your your dynasty rosters, if you're making a push for a championship this year, I am buying Marvin Jones all over the place. Startup ADP in August was wide receiver 63. And we do yep. know yep. that Marvin Jones is a guy that, uh, you know, we saw him with Matthew Stafford, who we just said we are very high on and, and does have that ability to throw the deep ball. Marvin Jones is a very high upside wide receiver that I do think, um, you know, if you're if you're looking for just one year of production, I actually kind of feel safer with Marvin Jones than I think I do with uh, LaVisca Chenault. I just think he's uh, more polished. I think he's more ready to step into that that role right off the bat. For a wide receiver that you can get that cheap, um, looking at what he's been able to do, he has very high upside. So in a suitable matchup, um, he's one of these guys that I think is going to be really hard to beat in the flex because we have seen such high upside, um, not not necessarily the safest floor. He has been a wide receiver three in 69% of his games over the last two seasons, which that does not feel good. But he has no, been a wide no. receiver one in nearly 30% of his games over the last two seasons. With that kind of volatility, it comes out to uh, 14.5 PPR points per game. But, I mean, it's really hard to find a wide receiver being drafted in the 60 range that has that kind of upside. Um, Are you doing anything at tight end? Because currently at Dynasty League Football, uh, they don't have a tight end ranked inside of the top 41 in startup ADP. The the names are just so gross. It's James O'Shaughnessy. It's Luke Farrell. It's Tyler Davis, Chris Manhurts, just kind of ignoring this position, right? Uh, completely, completely. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, no, it's not interesting. No, 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 no. We, we do is not. There, is there somebody out there that we hope they trade for? Because, I mean, there are guys available like, okay, let me give you an example. Zach Ertz? Like, okay. Eric Ebron? Mm. Mm, nothing? Doesn't do anything for you? I, I mean... I think he's Hayden Hurst is interesting, but I think I will say out of all of these guys, I think that these are all going to be utilized heavily enough within their respective offenses. I know they're quote unquote, the backup or they're quote unquote, like they're very well liked by their respective teams. It sounds like even Zach Ertz by all accounts has been very involved. Um, I want to say, I saw he's, he's, uh, sure. ranked fourth in team targets throughout all of training camp. Um, he's still been very involved. And if you are going to make an effort to target uh, your your starting tight end uh, or who we perceive to be the backup at this point, if you're going to make him uh, make it a point to get him that involved in the preseason, I do have to wonder, uh, they might just be planning to keep him around. Um, and same goes for you know Eric Ebron. Yep, These are sure. all guys that um, I, I just I can't project leave uh, leaving their respective offenses right now. But um, 
I got it. I got it. It's hard. Um, I don't want anything to do with it. I, I don't want anything to do with these guys either. I, what I want is LaVisca Chenault because I think he's going to basically operate as a tight end, as a slot, you know, coming maybe in, in line a little bit, which I saw in the preseason uh, by LaVisca Chenault. That's, that's all I'm saying. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Kate at FF Wet Blanket. Actually, no, it's at FF Ball Blast. <laughs> You can follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We will be back uh, on Monday to continue our team previews. I got to look to see who we're looking at. But uh, we got just a couple weeks left until football, Kate. It's, it's really exciting. It's here. Uh, we'll see you guys next time.